with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Good evening, everyone, and welcome to a strange sight. It is Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with your host, the half blind, and it has nothing to do with what my mother told me, uh, Ben Helsink. And with me, my co host, the blonde bombshell herself, Ann Kerrigan. Well, hello, everyone. How are we doing, and why are you half blind? I went to the, uh, the Opatopatropolis. And uh, he, uh, he, uh, yeah, he did a lot of things to my eyes and things. So, ah, yeah. so everything's a little I blurry see. now. You all look much better now. Oh well, it's, it's like <laughs> drinking a lot, know. you know. It's like drinking a lot. You got your beer goggles on. Beer goggles on. There you go. Whiskey anyway. goggles. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so mm. much. That's and great. joining us now is somebody who I don't know how to describe her. Uh, she is interesting. She is Vala Ventura. <laughs> ah. Yeah. How do you Thanks come in on that? that? <laughs> was that, that's what, was that, I didn't that's what they say. That's much. what they say when they, you know, they don't know what to say about you. And they, oh, that, oh, that's, you know, when you need, your kid does that art project, right? <laughs> and, and it's kind of ugly and they go, oh. That's very interesting, you know. It's maybe like they've drawn like a dagger going through the heart of someone. So, that's interesting, honey. You know, uh, Steve and I did. Steve and I did a whole thing on this <laughs> because we actually have, uh, you know, we did uh, frames. I mean, different phases of interesting, so you could tell how interested you really were. <laughs> and it's like, oh, that's interesting. Oh, that's. Decent. Uh, we had, I forget what it was. That was a long time ago. We had all these things until like one of them actually meant it was interesting. The one actually meant interesting. Yeah. Or when I would when I would dye my my hair, you know, and I'd show up at my conservative sister's house. Oh, that's what? yeah. Your hair looks interesting. Mm. <laughs> you're so, or or you're so creative. <laughs> I always like to say, I love people who think outside the box. <laughs> oh, is that, that's a good one. I like that one. I used to say that to my Cub Scouts. <laughs> no, that's a good oh. one. Oh, you know, it's great that you really thought outside the box. Right? You're right. not yeah. like everyone else. That's right. Well, they've always said See? that about me anyway. Not a so. bad thing. No. You know, that's why we like each other, right? Right? That's, that's we're all right. We're all on the same on the same. <laughs> Uh, canoe going down the river here. I am a, <laughs> a natural oddity. <laughs> mm. yes. Anyways, so Valo is away, and and I came across this neat little link, and I sent it to her. Well, I'm sure she opened it. Um. When? <laughs> Wait. What are we talking <laughs> about? <laughs> Got her. <laughs> she did it. Valor, I sent it for you because they found the mummy. Oh, I did look at that. Oh, yes, yes. Um, uh, last week you sent me the link about the 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 mummy uh, um, that was like you know half what was it half monkey and half um, 
fish. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. They they found it in, in under the water in Japan, off of yeah. Japan. Yeah. Yeah, I did read that. And actually, yes, because I, I wrote the um that the book about the mermaids. Mm -hmm. And so and part of that, of course, we all think of when we well, some of us, at least those those of us who are into the sideshow freaks, think <laughs> of, and I know that's you. That's why you uh, like me. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> now it's all starting to make sense. Uh -huh. We think of the Fiji mermaid, which was, of course, you know, P.T. Barnum doing the mm -hmm. little sewing job there of the fish and the um, the monkey and uh, putting it kind of making his own little mummy there and charging everybody a dollar to come in the tent and look at this um, <laughs> this thing that he insisted had been washed ashore in Fiji um, mm. that, you know, he had he had. Uh, imported it and um, preserved it and people could come and, and take a gander at it. Um, but I have a real cool, I have, a, it's great that you brought up mermaids because actually since the last time that you and I spoke, Ron, um, I got this really cool. It's funny because we had also been speaking a little bit about Ireland because I don't yes. know when we gab, we often talk about kind of Ireland and mermaids and things. And I, who does it right? Right, that's like great topics that we right. all. And cemeteries, right, Anne? Like that yes. also comes up. Yeah, yeah right. Of course. This actually brings together kind of all all three of those topics. Um, so I subscribe to. Um, I actually started doing this during the pandemic when I couldn't travel because I just love going to Ireland. It's one of my favorite places to travel and. To me, it's just one of those countries where, you know, you could go a mile and discover something new. You could go back there, you know, frequently on on trips and you can just have a little bit of a different visit every time. I'm I'm I, I know people who think, well, what could you possibly do in Ireland? But I'm of the mindset that. Drink. Yeah, well, there's that. Mm -hmm. But and, and now, Ron, I know you're going to say something dirty when I say this, but I'm going to oh. say. Oh, <laughs> But I'm of the mindset that when you visit Ireland, you have to you have to have a certain amount of time to just sort of let, you know, you can kind of have your things that you want to do in Ireland, but you have to kind of let Ireland, um, it's just, you can't just let Ireland do you, right? Like you just kind of have to, <laughs> I know, I know, I know, I know, but you do, you just have to let Ireland tell you what it wants you to do you yeah. just have to like kind of just let ireland dictate what your trip is about you cannot over plan because if you do you end up like one of those you know stupid stressed out tourists that misses all the magic mm -hmm. you know you're one of those people they laugh at from the side of the road yeah. <laughs> show is magic i'll tell you that much <laughs> so anyway long story short too late um I started subscribing to this magazine called Archaeology Ireland. I was just missing Ireland so much. And there's not a lot of um, magazines that I could find that were really just dedicated to kind of like the history and the lore of Ireland. And this one in particular, I mean, this is all about just like, it's like next level nerd Ireland stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, and I say that in a, in a loving way. So, um, so I just got the spring 2022 issue and um, actually the cover, it says Boyne Valley Folk Beliefs, which is um, uh, the kind of the lead story, which is actually one of the shortest stories. Um, but I flip it open and I go right to this story and they have found a new mermaid carving. 
And I'm going to just pop it open real quick so I get the name of the church right. And so it's in a church. Oh. And it's in, and I actually read this, um, I think it was like two days, it arrived like two days before St. Patrick's Day. I got this in the mail. Sweet. And it's St. Patrick's Church in Waterford, which is kind of in the southern eastern part, you know, where they make the, the um, Waterford Glass. crystal. Yeah, right. where they make that beautiful beautiful glass. And there's a number of things about this carving that's um, quite remarkable. And I'll just give credit, of course, that so and I want to say, like, I need to find this book. Um, There's two co-authors to this article, Colin O'Driscoll and Jim Higgins. And then it's credited at the end. It looks like Jim Higgins has written um, one paper, it looks like, and then an entire book um, just all about Irish mermaids. Oh, yeah, it says Irish mermaids, sirens, temptresses, and their symbolism in art, architecture, and folklore by Crow's Rock Press in Galway. That so, sounds great. Gotta look that one up. That looks amazing. And they, he has a couple of other things. And then, um, so there's just, you know, some other citations here. Um, and then, by the way, that that Boyne Valley, that's Newgrange. And so there's a woman who wrote a little... Um, a uh, quick article. Well, I'm sure it wasn't quick to write, but there's a, a quick. It's a quick read about some folk beliefs in the about Newgrange that were discovered. But this mermaid article, it's three or four pages long, and um, the reason it kind of also brings up um, cemeteries. Is there pictures? Yes, there oh, are some wonderful pictures. Um, so there's pictures of the actual. Um, carving that was discovered and then there's someone who came along and tried to draw it as best they could Mm -hmm. and one of the really interesting things about it that got me really excited is that there's some characteristics that are different than any other examples of um, this type of uh, drawing of that in Ireland so there's other examples um of mermaids like this in churches, other in other places in Europe, but it's the only one like it in Ireland. So oh, that's in churches, cool. huh? That's interesting. That's cool. oh, and yeah. the, other, the other great thing in this article is it tells you where the other mermaid draw mm-hmm. um, mermaid stones are, and throughout Ireland. So there's like boom, a whole other like you. Oh, there's an itinerary right there, right? <laughs> um, and it is. Um, it's a bifurcated tail, which means it's the split tail. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, sometimes you see, frequently you see the mermaids with the regular fish tail. Every once in a while you'll see the, and especially in the Renaissance era, you will see the mermaids with the split tail, which looks kind of like human legs, but with the fish scales. Mm-hmm. Um, to Thus far, to their knowledge, they hadn't seen any examples of this of mermaid depictions in Ireland. Um, so this was the first one that had been found thus far. So that's that was really exciting. And there's a really nice like recreation of what um, it would have looked like. Um, it's got kind of like crab claws. And then it's also, so the other thing is that during this time, especially when they were depicted in churches, mm-hmm. mermaids frequently were depicted with um, combs and mirrors. Mm-hmm. And the funny thing is that you see that a lot in like Victorian mermaids. Yeah, and I yeah, that's thought, right. oh, yeah. that's like, it was used for like hair ads because they had beautiful hair. <laughs> right. But it was apparently also had to do with trying to, like anytime you saw folk symbolism in churches, it was to try and dismay people um, from that sin. Oh. And so that was the sin of vanity. Ah. Like vanity and self 
ishness or something like that. So, mm-hmm. so this is the, and a lot of this was actually like a lot of this was in this article. I'm um, just kind of talking about like the different mermaids. So this mermaid is actually, however, holding bells. Oh, and that is also unique. So that was really cool. Um, mm. And I believe that, and then at the end of the article, it tells you where it's actually on display. Um, and I will tell you that I'll flip to the end because it's it's on display now. And I think it's there through 2023 in this particular um, museum. So it's made, it's on um, Kilkenny Marble. And basically it's, um, they think that it may be a, funeral like a funereal stone or a tomb stone but like within the church and it was kind of underneath something else and basically they were doing a renovation of the church and someone with a very very keen eye spotted it neat and you know heroes award there and then (laughs) right like because it's so easy to just you know that's why people specialize in these things and Mm um it was like basically underneath a paving tile and so they were able to kind of preserve it and then i think that i think they removed it they did these illustrations and then in the article they also show some additional um examples of how it's similar to like um, one that is seen in a church in um, Italy and one that's seen from like a church, a a Renaissance era image of a church in France. And then they show a couple of other ones from um, Ireland that are much more, um, as you might imagine, like just a little bit more like a a regular kind of Regular mermaid tail. Regular mermaid. <laughs> yeah, regular mer- mermaid tail. Plain old garden variety mermaid. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, kelp variety. Uh, medieval and early, this is a quote from the article, medieval and early modern mermaid carvings are traditionally considered to have acted as devices that caused, that cautioned the Christian faithful against the sins of vanity, pride, and lust. And so the, and then of course you can't see it, but you can, let me just describe this bifurcated tail. She's holding her ankles. Okay. Uh, So yeah. With their crab claws? With her crab claws. (laughs) She's holding her bifurcated tail legs wide apart with her, um, with her crab claws. So yeah, there's definitely some, some uh, stuff going on there. Some deep, Mm -hmm. deep (laughs) imagery. Yeah. I mean, they also could have just been like, you know, like, you know, 12 year old boys, you know, drawn, drawn images on there. Yeah. But, um, and then fine, I'll just tell you where it says um, the archaeological work at St. Patrick's Waterford uh, was funded by the St. Patrick's. I know it's a, uh, the St. Patrick's Mermaid Slab. That's what it's currently being called slab (laughs) the st patrick's mermaid slab Slab. is currently on view in waterford um in waterford treasures medieval museum so it's in waterford still so it should be fairly easy to look up if you just kind of go you know waterford mermaid um slab Anyway, yeah, this is just a treasure trove, this magazine. I just love it. And you get it four times a year, and it comes with like a little kind of, um, you know, whatever the World Heritage site. It'll come with like a nut. Like this one came with a whole thing about Vikings Mm. at a particular abbey. And it's kind of like one of the things you would get if you visited the tourist site. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. So it comes with like a little bonus material for. Oh, um, cool. Very yeah, cool. it's very it's very cool. So anyway, wow. that's a fun little mermaid thing, and I actually learned some stuff about the different the difference, and it's really cool that this particular type of mermaid. And then also, I was kind of just thinking geographically too that that you know where Waterford is, and then like France and Italy compared to like I I'd like to look and see where some of these other mermaids are and kind of just look because that like geographically that's on the um I guess the southeastern part of um of Ireland so then that would geographically be closer to like mainland Europe so you know I mean I don't know I just kind of like to do a little mermaid map there (laughs) there you go did you know that did you know that Anne was a mermaid once (laughs) no Oh yeah, in another life, no. <laughs> oh no, yeah, we we actually we had a show, yeah. Yeah, we did a show. Yeah. Ron was the Gorton's fisherman. <laughs> I was. Oh, that's perfect. And I borrowed. You know how you can knit or, or crochet those mer- They're like mermaid yep. tail. Yep. Uh, like a a a, a snuggie almost. Yep. Kind of. I have yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yep. So our one and uh, did you like cut the bottom out? Uh, well, it had the it had the the tail, so I just I had my tail up on the ta- on a table, mm. oh, like in front of me. Oh, yes. yeah. I, I even yeah, carried her. No need to walk. No, I didn't have you to walk. She, she had the ground the fisherman, the carrier. Yeah, oh, perfect. I don't even know how he picked me up. I've always I, wanted to participate in the Coney Island Mermaid Parade. Oh, that must be fun. Right. But I would want to go like full goth mermaid because, you know, you just oh, can't you compete go. with like the like. Every you know, you're not, yeah, you're just not going to compete there. So you might as well just go the complete other direction. That's true. That right? is absolutely true. You just go like full goth witchy mermaid. If I ever do it all, I'll, um, I'll enlist you. Oh, there you cool. Go. Yeah. Let's do it. So, I yeah. had the Ariel wig, the red wig. Oh, Actually, perfect. So many people said, you know, you look pretty good in that long red wig. I'm like, wow. Okay. All right. Maybe, Maybe we should put it. that back up on our uh, Facebook yeah, page now that, consider that, that we're talking about it. Yeah. Can anyway. I, yes, you should. Yeah. yeah. Can I jump back for a minute here, though? Because so you're thinking that this mermaid so uh, was perhaps part of a gravestone? Is Oh, is okay. So um, let me get back to that part. Yeah. So they actually did say that. I kind of glossed over that. Oh, okay. I, I just, because I've, I've seen a couple of stones in my travels that are, they're mermaid-like. Um, I'm, I'm actually looking at one right now on my cemetery tripping page, and it's from the Granary in Boston, downtown Boston. And they look on, on this stone of, and he's actually a deacon, Deacon Jacob Elliott. Uh, on the top, it looks like two mermaids and you can see their little naked boobies. And I'm like, why is this a deacon stone? And it looks to me like they have mermaid tails, although they are made to look like, uh, almost like an acanthus leaf, Uh but they have wings, but damn it. I mean, when you look at them, the first thing you think of is those are mermaids. mermaids. Yeah. So, uh, and this stone is from 16, 
No, he died. Yeah. 17th of August, 1695. So, oh, super old stone. So, um, okay. So this is what it says here specific to like to this one. Mm-hmm. Um, says bunch of stuff. Um, while the Waterford mermaid is, let me see. Is a fairly common feature on Irish. Okay. So while the Waterford mermaid is. uh, It's a fairly common feature on, on Irish Renaissance style chimney pieces and furniture and on string courses between molded elements on chest and mural tombs. In this sense, the Waterford mermaid shows clear influences from the Renaissance, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. chimney piece blah, 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 blah. I don't mean to like be crude about that because okay. it's beautifully written okay so uh, okay Mu- a mural tomb within the medieval St. Patrick's church so I think it's just that it's a um a tomb within the church so okay. this particular one is just a piece you know how they'll have like those the like kind of piece in a church that is like here's I don't know if there's like actually like ashes in there or whatever but it'll be like mm-hmm. a memorial tomb piece in a church that's what i think this was for okay all right but you know there's gotta be i mean the their mermaids were also put on ships right as like protectors because there's a there's a real connection between mermaids and and i have also seen in fact i used to have a mermaid that was a carved mermaid and it had wings and it was from oh. Thailand and someone had brought it back for me from Thailand and it was a winged mermaid and it was a protector. Oh. It was a, it was actually like a thing that you hung in your house mm-hmm. in the corner of your house and it was supposed to face your door and it was kind of like to ward off evil spirits and it had a fish scale totally looked like a mermaid but it had wings. Mm. So and okay. and I I think there's a real connection between fishing fishermen mermaids I think we have a lot of the like very um scary kind of like drown you tangly mermaid stories which there are of course for good reason and we have those all around the world but i also think that you know like anything they can also be used and as a means of protection and i wonder with the wings if there's some kind of like there's got to be some sort of deeper thing going on there with i don't know it's almost like there's a there's like a siren kind of because I, I also think that mermaids are psychopomps and I've always thought that I've always thought mermaids are psychopomps that they're something that transports human souls from this world to the next and that mm-hmm. that is one of their jobs to transport like people who drown at sea for example okay. Mm. To transport them to another world, especially, um, you know, if you don't always recover the body or right. if their souls are lost at sea in a terrible accident. Even if you do recover their body, there's, there's a time period, right, where their souls need to be trans- transported. Mm-hmm. And I've always thought that mermaids play that role. And that's why they're not afraid of death, right? Because they're the ones that are actually, like, acting in that capacity, so maybe he died at sea. Maybe. I wonder. Oh, that would be really interesting to find out. 
I don't I don't know. I think it would have probably said because it's a big it's a big stone and and that's the kind of thing that they threw on stones then um because I've seen so many of those um that's so unique though isn't it to have um tails and yeah wings yeah and and I I can't remember um I don't know if you remember Ron when we went to Point of Graves with Mm. Roxy if there was a mermaid stone there and I'm, I'm just, I don't see it on my cemetery tripping page, which I can't believe I don't have it on there, but I don't know. I want to say that I saw one there too, which would make sense. You know, it's a seaside, I don't recall. the seaside town, but yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, when I go to Ireland this summer, I'll be on the lookout and I'll take pictures if I find any right. and then I'll call you up and <laughs> All right. I'll be like, oh, look what I found. Yeah. All right. <laughs> and actually, I, anything know. I find find out about it too, because that's, yeah, because you know, there's all kinds of like, there's plenty of research about what the flowers mean, and you know, oh, what the yes. little ma- Masonic symbols and stuff mean. But you know, Absolutely. I haven't heard too much about what a winged, slightly floral like mermaid with boobies on a they, they deacon's. Be, yeah. <laughs> Great. What does that mean? Like, that guy knew how to party. I'm gonna have to. I am gonna have to Google that guy then. And yeah, we need to find out more about that story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to visit that grave next time I'm in that area too. Mm -hmm. That sounds amazing. Right in downtown Boston. So, according to Japanese culture, the mermaid is a sign of immortality. Mm. Ah, well, there's another. Sense. Yeah. Okay. So that's that makes would also make sense to put that on a grave. Mm-hmm. And and you know, Deacon certainly did have exposure to a lot of different cultures, right? So oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm looking, actually, actually looking at a <laughs> picture of that that Japanese mummy, mermaid money, mummy, mummy. Tying it all together there, Ron. Ron, <laughs> you know we're coming up on the break, right? No. Okay. Fifteen <laughs> with fifteen seconds. Oh, seven. Okay. seven seconds. Whatever. All right. Uh, you're listening to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with Anne and Ryan, our special guest, Violin Ventura, right here on Tojanet Pararex Radio. And we've got 30 seconds and the tunes. Okay. We'll be right back after the following messages. Okay. Do you have a paranormal event, book, or something else you want people to know about? Then why not advertise it on Ghost Chronicles Radio? With over 150,000 downloads a month, get your message out to an audience that's interested in the subject. We have a plan at a cost that fits your needs. For more information, contact Ron Kolick at anyghostproject at comcast.net or call 978-455-6678. Hello. Hello, can you hear me? My name is Harry Price. I am speaking to you via the medium of the Ghost Box. Many of you will know I carried out the first live radio broadcast from Haunted House way back in 1936 for the BBC. Now, thanks to the wonders of modern technology, I am still able to keep abreast of 21st century ghost hunting by listening to Ghost Chronicles International on Togginet, Para-X Radio, The Ghost Channel, and even on something called a podcast. 
Two splendid chaps host it. One is an American who calls himself New England's own Van Helsing, although I have discovered his real name is Ron Kolek. The other is Stephen Parsons, and he's a paranormal scientist. Well, mustache, I am required elsewhere on something called a K2. But don't forget, I'll be listening in every Tuesday from 8 o'clock in Great Britain and 3 o'clock on the American Eastern Seaboard. I trust you will join me there. Welcome back to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with Ron and Ann and our very, very special guest this evening, Vala Ventura. So according to Japanese folklore, Ninjayo, uh, <laughs> oh. hope I said that right. Probably not. Probably. Uh, the, the mermaid, Japanese mermaid, is described as having shiny gold, golden scales and a monkey's mouth uh, with sharp teeth, pretty, uh, and those who eat its flesh uh, will enjoy longevity. Ew. But the act of hunting and catching was believed to oh, believed to bring storms and bad luck. So if you ate it, you had longevity. But if you hunted it, you had bad luck. So so you're basically, yeah, like. It was a very self selfish thing to do. Mm, Only know. jerks hunted mermaids. Ah, please you don't eat the mermaids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. That's our, our model. So we had to give this away. <laughs> oh, by the way, that's what it's called. That's not the guy's name. I'm sorry. The Ninjayo is the mermaid. Oh, okay then. Put that in your book. <laughs> yeah, definitely was not. That was not in my book. Yeah. <laughs> team of scientists from the Kurosayungai University of Science and Arts uh, did a CT scan on the lovely body of the Nijaiyo. And there you go. Scary, Ron. Deeply (laughs) disturbing. uh, (laughs) are Are you saying my Japanese is not up to date? Can use a little work, yeah. Maybe. Uh, sorry about that. Yeah, yeah. Right. Jeez. I will. Uh, I will work on that. Yeah. I like. I like the um, the mermaid story. It's, it's in my book called "My My Husband Will Eat My Babies." No. Yeah. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> that's the. That's a great one because I mean, you know, it's oh, my husband will eat my children. So basically, it's um, she's like trapped in kind of like the tide pools. And, um, you know, this young man comes whistling along the beach, <laughs> and, and he hears, he hears this, you know, kind of w- woman crying and, um, you know, she's, he comes along, oh, what, what's the matter? What's, what's, what's wrong? Oh, and he, ca- he kind of sees that kind of can only see part of her, of course. <laughs> and he's. So what's wrong? Oh, I'm stuck here. I'm stuck, and I, I, I can't, I can't get out. You know, I got stuck here in the tide, and I have to get back home. 
he's like kind of he's leery, you know, because he's he knows this is a mermaid. He can tell it's a mermaid and he's, you know, knows that mermaids are kind of tricky and not really supposed to mess with mermaids. But she's very convincing. If I don't get back over there, if I can't get back in time, if I don't get back down into my home, into the sea, my husband will eat all of my children. And he's horrified at this prospect. And so, of course, he reaches in and he scoops her up and she wraps her arms very tightly around his neck as he does as he does so. And she kind of just can you just carry me over there into the into the into the water. So he does. He's a little further in. Can you just give me a little further in, please? And as he steps a little further in and a little further in, of course, she's kind of clinging even tighter and tighter to mm. his neck until, of course, the tide kind of starts to swirl around his feet and pulls her pulls her in and starts pulling at him. And just, just as she, he's about to be pulled under, he sort of wriggles away and she swims off kind of angrily. And then he goes goes back, and when he gets home, his wife says, you know, where the heck were you? You know, why are you so late? And he tries to explain the whole thing to her, and she's just furious at him for being late. And it's just hilarious. The whole thing is hilarious. (laughs) And it's great because unlike a lot of these stories from kind of the early early Irish and some of the English folklore, this one was written by a woman. And so now I believe that if this had been written by a man, he would have been, you know, revered for, he probably, first of all, he would have gone down the pub and told this story. Going to the and pub. He would have gone to the pub. He would have told the story, and he would have been given, you know, plenty of like cheers for, you know, having gotten away and rescued the mermaid and all of that. Uh-huh. And in this case, he just gets totally brandished for being late for supper, <laughs> and basically, she doesn't believe a word he said. <laughs> <laughs> you are already at the pub. <laughs> yeah, she's like, yeah, right. Let me smell your breath. <laughs> So I have come across a 1830 account of a mermaid. And this is the, why do I get these? Benbecula burial of a mermaid. We all know that, right? Mm -hmm. Anyways, some 70 years ago, people were cutting seedweed at... In Bincanula. Uh, before putting on their stockings, one of the women went to the lower end of the reef to wash her feet. While doing so, she heard splashing in the calm sea. And looking up, she saw the creature in the form of a woman in miniature some feet away. Alarmed, the woman called to her friends. All of the people present rushed to the place. The creature made some somersaults, turned about in various directions. Some of the men waded into the water and seized her. Yeah, sounds like a guy. But uh, before, but before she moved beyond their reach, some of the boys threw stones at her. Oh, that's Those bad good. boys. Yeah, one of them struck her in the back. A few days afterward, the string creature was found dead, nearly two miles away. She is described, the upper portion of this creature was the size of a well-fed three- or four-year-old <laughs> child. Ooh. 
with yeah. abnormally well-developed black breasts. Uh, her hair was oh, dear long, Lord. long, black, and glossy, while her skin was white, soft, and tender. The lower part of her body was like a salmon, but without the scales. Crowds of people, some uh, from long distances, that came to see this strange animal, uh, and all were unanimous in their opinion that they had, were gazing upon a mermaid. Mr. Duncan Shaw, factor of Coronel Baron de Bailey and Sheriff of the district, ordered a coffin and shroud to be made for the mermaid. When this was done, uh, the body was buried in the presence of many people in a short distance from the shore where it was found. There was, uh, there are persons still living who saw in touch this curious creature uh, and who uh, gave the graphic des description of her appearance. So this is uh, a account of the wow. time. Uh, well, seven I years. I never heard of that before. Well, you did now, dear. That's what this show does. It informs. <laughs> oh, <laughs> really? That's what we do? I, I think. Wow. <laughs> so anyway, Interesting stuff, mermaids. Uh, I uh, do you believe them? Are, are, they, are they really such a creature? Bala, Bala. This was this was kind of a cool um, when I was like researching because it's interesting because you know for some reason like people will totally admit to believing in like Sasquatch and UFOs, but they will like not admit to believing in mermaids. And I'm like, really, like. You're gonna draw the line in the sand at mermaids? Like honestly, <laughs> come on now. There, I mean, there's, there's, there's more evidence probably for mermaids. Um, but I had some. So I put out. You know, I always do the like, hey, if anybody wants to, you know, submit your stories or your encounters. And I actually did get a couple of people who sent in stories to me, and this was one of them. And and this was a really interesting one because it kind of shifted the perspective about like you know, what the kind of like are mermaids real in the sense of like, you know, are we going to encounter like this lady bathing on a rock? And let me just read you. I, I just want to read you kind of like what this, this woman um, sent to me. Um, so it actually came. So this next story came to me from two sisters who are indigenous women of Australia, Chrissy Dotri Darluda Wapabura storyteller and Sharon Hansen body Dargoling, Wapabura artist, have graciously agreed to let me reprint their ancestral mermaid dreaming story. Sharon and Chrissy are sisters, both great-granddaughters of Granny Kononomi of the Keppel Islands of central Queensland, Australia. And there's a lot of mermaid stuff in Australia, like a, mm. a, quite a bit. Mm -hmm. um, and so this is called The Mermaids. And it's, 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 this is fairly short. The Mermaids okay. of the Keppel Islands. The Mermaids of the Keppel Islands is our dream time story passed down through many generations of the Wapabura people since time began. The Pearl Givers, the Mermaids of the Keppels, were constant companions and protectors of our ancestors and protectors of our sea country and showered our ancestors with gifts. The Mermaids traded with our ancestors, always bringing them gifts from the depths of the ocean pearls, and other lost treasures from the many shipwrecks that lie at the bottom of the sea. 
Our ancestors were master deep sea divers, and the mermaids always protected them from the dangers of the depths of the sea. There are still remnants of our mermaids being washed up on our beaches today, as the Dreamtime story tells, all the long conical shells on our beaches are the mystical fingernails of our beautiful mermaids. Oh. And then they kind of went on to like, just like on the side, tell me about like they'll like they still leave specific offerings for mermaids and like that's you know where they'll find like pearls and things like that hmm. and it was just a really cool just like that indigenous perspective of mermaids was something very um it just was very unique and I think that at its core even when you get to the fairy and folk tales of Ireland like those are also indigenous beliefs that have been conflated and made fun of and twisted in a lot of ways but at their core, they are indigenous beliefs and their origin stories. And I think that, um, you know, that's, that's probably why I'm so interested. Like, I, why I really like to talk to people about folklore. Because I think when you eventually, when you start pull, you know, pulling some of those layers away, you start finding some pretty interesting and very authentic stories. That, and, and that includes, I'm sure, as you both have experienced with, talking to people about their own and and your own paranormal experiences but you know people can have some pretty profound experiences that you know you get those people who kind of come in and they're very jokey and those are the people that leave in tears right because mm -hmm. something really really profound has happened mm -hmm. and um anyway so i just that's that's probably the story i treasure the most of all the mermaid stories and it's the story that really it really flipped my, yeah. So yes, I do believe in mermaids. So, so Valerie, <laughs> if people wanted to get this book, uh, what is the title of the book, and and where can they get it? Among the mermaids, facts, myths, and enchantments from the sirens of the sea, and um, there, it's available anywhere books are sold. Good books. Good books. Good. Anywhere books. decent books are sold. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. And I have that. Book. Probably. Probably in the thrift stores these days, you know. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, Farla John John has asked. Sorry, John has asked in our chat room: Are there male mermaids? Oh, certainly. There certainly are. Yes, a lot of times you hear because actually they're like in Irish folklore they're called the marrow, M E R R O W, the marrow, uh -huh. and so they're. Um, that's the, and that includes male and female. So it's not always just like mermaids. So there's mermaids and mermen. We hear mostly of mermaids or mermaidens because they're far more interesting, I think, to people. The idea of, you know, a half naked woman is certainly right. more appealing than a half naked man most <laughs> of the time. I mean, just like culturally speaking. Well, so, nowadays it may be different. Ron, yeah. yeah, that may that may well be. But there's definitely mermen. Um, sometimes in, um, actually, um, the lead merman is actually the god of the sea. Man and Mac, Man and Mac Lear um, uh, is the, let's see, he's the son of the sea god. He's the son of the sea god, and he is a mermaid. Merman, oh. sorry, not a mermaid. He's a okay. uh, merman, and he's actually the one that brings in the fog and shrouds the fog um, that are thought to be the mists of Avalon themselves. He's the one who brings the fogs around the Isle of Wight and 
is actually those are thought to be the um, the very cloak that cloaks the fairy folk. Madame MacLear is like the the OG mermaid, right? He's the, <laughs> the OG merman. He's the original, the original, original um, gangster. Yeah, so he is. He's a he's a marrow, and um, very, so frequently they are depicted in some of the um, like early Irish folk tales, especially the ones that were written down like during the um, early Victorian era when William Butler Yeats was going around and collecting stories. Mm-hmm. Some of the old stories, you'll have the descriptions where the males are, the females are very beautiful and the males actually can be very um, kind of gnarly. Like they, yeah. they're kind of like fish from like waist down, pretty like ripped to the shoulders and then very jagged teeth and kind of wild and, and um, gnarly mouths. Um, oh. So yeah, they can be pretty scary and it's usually like, the idea being that there's one merman and kind of like a bunch of mermaids that he's protecting. And so he's kind of fierce. Um, yeah. But there's um, one of the other stories in my book is from a woman who actually saw a merman and she was in like, I cannot remember exactly where it was, but she was in the Caribbean mm-hmm. and she was in one of those like little um, like hut kind of things that jut out over the ocean and she woke up in her room and it was totally like it was like three in the morning or something and she woke up and she saw this man in her room like oh. dripping wet with like kind of glowing eyes and wild red hair and he wasn't particularly like didn't like it wasn't necessarily evil but definitely like was something there and he had like she drew she drew a picture and sent me the picture which I didn't oh, wow picture in the book but I remember the picture and it almost had a little bit of like a not like a a, not exactly like an alien sighting but kind of like when someone draws a picture of like seeing like a fairy creature or an alien or something it totally had that vibe and and um and then when she woke up in the morning it was totally wet in that spot and her mom was also in the room and her mom had woken up at the same time and had some kind of weird dream or something, but they hadn't, they didn't talk about it until the next day. But she actually saw, saw this like merman in her rooms in the Caribbean. Oh. So it was totally, yeah, it was totally wild. I was like, wow, someone So they could like walk on land then? I don't know. I mean, yeah, she was no. over water. So I'm not really sure like what the layout was there. And then I've also had people, well, I mean, but anyway, yes, there are definitely male, there's, there's lots of male Murrow. And um, in folklore, in, in all kinds of, like, in all kinds of cultures, absolutely. And, um, and I was just going to say, I've had um, more than one person talk, tell me stories, just especially people that I know that have grown up, like, near the water or lived on sailboats and things like that, about mm-hmm. just hearing things, like echolocation type things, where mm-hmm. uh, they've been warned away. And, um, um, and they, they believe that mermaids led them away from danger. Um, down in Mexico and stuff. So pretty cool. I mean, you know, if I travel anywhere, I'm, especially if I'm near the sea, uh, after I've had, you know, get, buy someone a beer and I'm like, so <laughs> <laughs> ever seen a mermaid, you know, just like see if I can work it into a conversation. And then usually if they haven't, they'll kind of like, you know, point me in the direction of someone who's willing to talk about it, you know, uh-huh. learn the word for mermaid in whatever language you're, you know, of the country you're in and see <laughs> if you can get someone to, to tell you, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, it's, you know, that's like, it's the same with like 
when you're asking people about paranormal experiences, you know, it's like, oh, they've never had one, but they can direct you to the person that had, but I know, you know, someone's sure. down the road, you know, it always turns up. Yeah. Yeah. Or if you share it, they'll, they'll kind of, you think they, they, you know, then they might open up and kind of say something or yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Every time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh, it's fascinating stuff. I mean, I always go back to those mockumentaries that I watched, and they, they, <laughs> those know, were so damn good. I, I they really were. I wish they would made made another one. I I, I saw both of them, and it's like. Ugh. Well, you know that first one was they were that first one came. I was I had just I had just finished the book when that first one came out, or mm. I think the first one came out right after the the this book was out, and um. Man, that was good timing for me. That helps sales, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then it was cool, too, because there was a bunch of stuff in there. Like, they actually got a bunch of the stuff right in terms of just, like, the as far as, like, folklore. Like, they definitely followed, like, there, like, there was one scene where... Um, there's one scene that's really, like, this mermaid down on a rock, and it's in, like, Kurt Yam, I think... Yeah. in the middle east and that is totally like that is a place that i wrote about because um it's in israel right. and they totally made it look like oh you saw a mermaid down there but that's this there's actually this spot in in israel where they there's a reward if you yeah. actually see that mermaid you like you'll get it if you can provide evidence because they believe there's a mermaid they believe there's a mermaid there for like that you know like over a thousand years yeah. So if you can sh- provide evidence, real evidence of it, there's a reward. Wow. Because they believe there's a mermaid in that bay. So, of course, that wasn't real evidence, but they they used that. Like, they followed the lore around, which, of course, I really liked. And then I also loved that the um, NOAA, the National yeah. Oceanic and Atmospheric, <laughs> they had to, like, come out publicly and say that they didn't they didn't believe in mermaids like because <laughs> because they they kept like making it seem like people were talking in that in that mockumentary yeah and they they had kind of like hushed it up they wouldn't <laughs> let them let them let them give the evidence and stuff yeah they were making it look like it was a hush job so they had to make a public oh. declaration it was like <laughs> i was like oh my god you guys just crushed like every 10 year old girl in the country uh, like, you know I, I watched that first one i watched that whole thing through and i was like I was like really in awe and shocked, and then of course when you come to the end and they they put the disclaimer in it, it's like oh. I know because of the the, the um, so well this is a mockumentary part is just like really quick in the beginning. Yeah. So if you miss that in the beginning or you come in halfway, you're like oh my. And that was also the very con- like they've done a lot of those mockumentaries since, but they hadn't done many of them then. And so that was like one of the first really good mockumentaries. And it was it from, was wasn't good. it from like Discovery or Animal Planet or something? Yeah. It was like yeah, really was realistic. It was like, oh, that's man, what I was, really- I was, Yeah, I've never, so I've never heard, and I'm sure there's a lot of people listening to us that don't really understand what you're talking about right now. So, oh, oh you can yeah. just clarify yeah, so I sure. can find it. Okay. <laughs> So there were two, should we just tell everyone they're real, Ron? Let's see yeah, what happens. Yeah, yeah. Sure. No, there were two, there were two, um, mermaid, documentaries. <laughs> <laughs> uh, mockumentaries that came out, um, in what 
let's see, I'll tell you what year they came out. The first one came out around 2013. And um, it was called like Mermaids Revealed or Mermaids Body Revealed or something like that. Mm -hmm. And they were made by, I want to say, Animal Planet or Discovery or something like that. And they were made as if they were real, like, um, you know, like a Animal Planet documentary about Mm -hmm. like a creature, like following like a wolf or something. Only in this case, it was mermaids. Mm -hmm. And it had a very short disclaimer in the beginning (laughs) that it wasn't real. I missed it. (laughs) <laughs> and then and then at the very end it had one saying like you know this isn't real and <laughs> if you way. came in like many people do flipping channels 10 minutes after something started and it's basically like an investigative piece where they follow and they show all of this evidence that mermaids are real and so the two the two of them the first one was done in 2011 it was called Mermaids, the found body, the body found. The body, the found. body found. Yeah, I just yeah. googled it and too. And then yeah. the next one was mermaids, the new evidence. And yeah, that's mermaid it. evidence of 2013. Yeah, yep. they're worth watching because they're Excellent. just great. Yeah. yeah. And also, Excellent. if you want to freak someone out, tell them they're real. Just like be like, oh my god, watch this. They are real. <laughs> <laughs> oh, show it to someone on April 1st. Ooh. Wait a minute. Yeah. They are real. The the movies are real. They are Seriously. real. Absolutely. Yeah. If anyone listening, you know, is going on a first date on April first, and you don't want to go oh, on a funny. second date. <laughs> oh my God, David Soul is the narrator. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> oh, you're kidding me. We're out of time. Yeah. When did that happen? Now that we've ruined your plans for April. No, right. <laughs> no, they're they're really great. They're they're a great companion to Among the Mermaids by Varla Pinter. <laughs> Yes, yes. You got to get that book. Uh, Vala has a bunch of books, and, and I don't know if yeah. they're still out there, but they're, they're two of my favorites. Uh, yeah, the book of Bizarre and Beyond Bizarre is just like freaking awesome. Uh, Thanks, Ron. So, yeah. you've, always, you've always been a staunch supporter of the Bizarre. I appreciate Uh-oh. that. <laughs> yes, he has. I, I think there's something wrong with me, something terribly wrong with me. <laughs> Anyways, we do have to wrap it up. Uh, I guess today has been Viola Victoria. If, so, if somebody wants to contact you for some reason, if they got mermaid stories or mermaid stories to relay to you or anything, where can they reach you, Viola? My... <laughs> whoever I am. Whatever. whoever it I can't tell anymore. Um, you can find me on my website. It is varlaventura.net. There should be a contact form on there now. Um, or you can just find me on Facebook. All this, it's my name. Any social media I'm at is just my name. Mm. But and mostly, you got merchandise too, right? Yeah, I got a little store on there now. I've got an Among Merch. the water bottle. I just put Ooh. that up there. I've got a changeling onesie. For babies. How can you beat that? I got a lot of punny stuff on there. Did you ever make the underwear? Oh, the uh, fear of little men underwear. I haven't made that yet. Uh (laughs) (laughs) I got to get that up there by April. It's All right. I got to go. 
Thank Thanks you so, so much, much guys. For us. Oh, joining us, Varla. Great show, Varla. Thank you Thank so much. I've been listening to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with Ann and Ron and our special guest, Viola Ventura, right here on Tojanet Pararex Radio, brought to you by Circles of Wisdom, 386 Merrimack Street, Methuen, Massachusetts, the Glant Messier Family Law Group, 15 High Street, North Andover, Massachusetts, and our very, very good friends on Patreon, Ghost Chronicles Radios on Patreon, the members of the Denia Society. Thanks for listening. Good night. God bless. And good night, everybody. There you go. Oof. Goalies to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us good law.